of Wilde and Tausch. Which will include, unlike Homer's, what is that, a boycott, edict, decision? Mm, I don't know if it's boycott. Claim. It's kind of an embargo. I think it's more of an embargo. I don't, I, I'll, I'll believe it when I hear it. No Aaron Rodgers on Homer and Tony. Two to four. 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. And if that means I've got 2.15 off each day, woohoo! I can go check out the Schwann's offerings from my local Schwann's delivery truck. Uh, from Chris in Racine via the Facebook Messenger. Hello. My hey. name is Chris. Hey, Chris. I work at Schwann's. And listen to the show. Great to hear you mention Schwann's. Uh, just, just to be clear, he he does work for Schwann's, not Schwantz, as you put it earlier. <laughs> we have 300 depots nationwide, and quite a few here in Wisconsin. We are still around and have been for 70 years. And yes, we have the best ice cream, hands down. Ice cream sandwich. That's say, not what he wrote. Okay, he's, I understand. He's, pro- he, he's, hey, he's, he's proud, proud of his ice cream. He's proud of his truck. The guy is proud of his truck, and I respect that. Uh, so here's the next question. Besides potential partnerships with the Schwann's uh, crew, um, what else have you gotten from them? Or what else did diane cook up from them beyond just your ice cream sandwiches i don't know if she ever went the food route obviously as a farmer we didn't you know a lot of the food we were in we were farm to table before it was catchy okay you know what i mean do you know what i mean i think you know what i mean i know what you mean uh i only remember the ice cream i, I feel like maybe and mom will text I think she maybe used to get like the coconut shrimp or some kind of sh- the breaded shrimp from the Schwantz truck, but it was ice cream sandwiches. It was I don't remember. You remember the old Gold Rush bars? Maybe sure. My, oh, those were so delicious. And I don't know if that was Schwantz or not. If that was just Gold Rush, but it was pop ups. I uh, don't think it was the freezy pops. I don't because you'd come and. It all, it's almost like they would study your schedule and know, hey, we're having the Schmidt crew down. We're playing some ball, and we're going to be thirsty and hungry and, and hot. Let's bring the Schwantz truck down. And we'd all, oh, can we get something? And it was always a treat when it was the Schwantz. And I don't remember what if it was a scheduled deal, but no, only ice cream and typically only the ice cream sandwiches with the hard, crispy edge. That's what sep- that's what separated Schwann's from some of the other ice cream sandwiches. All right, so I would like to challenge you on your position on the Schwann's ice cream sandwich. I present to you Thelma. Now we know Thelma is in Iowa. Iowa. And we know how we feel about Fran McCaffrey and the Hawkeyes and the state of Iowa. I know Jesse enjoys a good trip to Dubuque, much like he enjoys a good trip to Detroit. Wisconsin should annex Dubuque. We've been through that. Uh, we do like Dubuque. Yep. yep. 
Big fan. So Thelma makes these ice cream sandwiches, and they are actually cookies with the ice cream in the middle. And I would ask you where you stand on that in general. It's not an ice cream sandwich. When you have the cookie, because uh, Nestle or Nestle, they make the cookie (laughs) with with the vanilla. And that is a cookie witch. That is not a... It's a cookie witch? Yeah, it's not an ice cream sandwich. Ice cream sandwiches have to be uh, the layered, two-layered with the vanilla ice cream in the middle. That so is your y- typical ice cream You're telling sandwich. me that Thelma, then, who is calling her ice cream Thelma. sandwiches, ice Don't cream sandwiches. Chip witches, the chip witch. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. They're in a yellow package. They... Yeah, open it up. I and know it what looks, you're It looks to. like two cookies with ice cream sandwiched, which I ah, understand. I'm sorry, what? I understand why you'd call it, but it is a cookie. It's a cookie witch, not an ice cream sandwich. Ice cream sandwich? Ice cream is the interior of the ice cream sandwich, and it's called an ice cream sandwich. If I put Let ice cream between There's cookies. There's a breakfast spot. Is it a sandwich if they put pancakes on the outside it's not a sandwich anymore it's now a panquitch <laughs> there's certain things i'm not how do i disagree with that logic i am not gonna go down i understand where you're coming from it's a fair argument Ugh. i'm talking straight up ice cream sandwiches the problem that most of the others have is they go too soft on the outside part of the sandwich. Who doesn't like a BLT toasted? I'd rather have my BLT toasted. Okay. Schwann's does that with its ice cream sandwiches. They are crisp. You don't want soggy bread with a sandwich. You want it to be, you want it to hold its constitution. Schwann's does it better than anybody when it comes to holding a constitution. Okay. Well, uh, I would like you to try, what are you calling it again? A Chip cookie witch, witch or, or cookie a chip witch? witch. Chip witch. Which witch? Yeah. Which is it? It's a cookie witch. Um, I personally like the Jesse, s'mores. Jesse, do you think an ice cream sandwich can be a cookie witch? Is Ab- that the same? Absolutely, yeah. So you think that is an ice cream sandwich? Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, it's a circle and a square situ- or a square and a rectangle situation. A cookie sandwich is an ice cream sandwich, but an ice cream sandwich is not a cookie witch. No. Uh, I, this is where I, I just feel and like a you square guys are... is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Correct. Is that what that yep. was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. What about a rhombus? All right. Well, I I challenge you to try my personal favorite is the s'mores, toasted marshmallow ice cream, and one cookie is a graham cracker cookie, and the other one is a chocolate cookie. I think, as someone who's eligible for the LabCorp clinical trial, I think you'll agree with me. Um, that said, Aaron Rodgers went into the darkness, and he didn't have a cookie witch, a chip witch, an ice cream sandwich. He had a bed on which he put his food, apparently, listening to some of his Aubrey Marcus podcast. And to Tausch's point earlier in the show, which if you weren't listening, you can get caught up on Wisconsin On Demand, presented by Grubel Offices, one call, that's all. Thanks to David and his team for supporting the show. And for sporting Wisconsin on demand, Grubel offices, one call, that's all. He said he wasn't going into the darkness to decide his football future. And then he says this, where he thought about his football future in the darkness. 
Here from the Aubrey Marcus podcast is Aaron Rodgers. On the third day, I kind of woke up as usual, um, brushed my teeth in the real smart way, <laughs> uh, you know, after eating some breakfast and then kind of getting into my meditation and, and, and long bath. And, and it kind of came to me like, today you are going to experience your life uh, in the present and in the near future and in the long-term future that you are retired. So today you are retired. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I think there were a lot of, uh, you know, amazing things that came through and, and I had to work through a lot too. When you, you know, when you've played as long as I have, I think we, there's something inside us that wants to say, you know, I'm going to be totally fine when I'm done playing. I got nothing left to prove. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've accomplished a ton in this sport and I have, and you know, I don't, uh, I don't need to play, uh, you know, for anything other than, than the joy. And I'll be totally fine in, in retirement. I got a lot of stuff going on and I got plenty of things I can transition into, but sitting in the darkness with your thoughts you know, I woke up that morning probably about 3.30 or 4, thinking it was maybe like 8.30 or 9, mm -hmm. you know, so I had maybe nine hours to when, you know, dinner was coming, where in fact I had, you know, what, I had like 14 hours. Mm -hmm. um, so by the time you go through, you know, your breakfast and uh, meditation and bath and stuff, you got a good 12, 11, 12 hours to like just think in the quiet, just you and your thoughts. and a lot of insecurity and fear came up around what retirement looks like. A lot of fear came up with what retirement looks like. Sounds like a guy who's playing next year. Yeah, he's going to play. There's Which we've been saying all along. There's always going to be fear with retirement. Like, I don't care what job you're in. Or environment. How, how confident and secure you are with whatever you're doing. When you make big changes in your life, there is a fear. Is it going to work? Did I make the right decision? That's why it's a lot easier for most of us when that decision is made for you. Aaron is going to have to make that decision. He's going to be able to play as long as he wants. Somebody will take him. Is that the right move for him? How does he know? And what is that going to look like? Is that going to mean, it, is he going to be able to recreate what he's got with professional football? I don't care which athlete, former athlete you talk to, you don't. There is nothing like it. And it's an adrenaline that I can't explain to you unless you've done it. How you transition from that to something else, you need to work at it. And I don't. there's not a question that he will be fine with that. There is a finality to when you call it a day. And understanding that piece of your life, which has been so great, and it's been so influential into who you are as a dude, when that's gone, there is going to be an emptiness that takes over, and you have to mm -hmm. work through that. I think he's probably positioned as well as anybody, but his highs are very high. How he goes about doing that, I think he's searching. And, yeah, just listening to what he said there on Aubrey's podcast, 
I think it makes you think that he's got he's, he's got to play next year. I should just come out and say it, but he has every right to handle the scenario the way he wants to, understanding the longer you go, the more difficult you make it on whatever team you end up playing for as far as how they're going to plan when you're talking about a salary and the scenario and the system that the NFL has in trying to build a team around you. Uh, we will transition as well from Aaron Rodgers' talk to Brewers' talk because Greg Matzik from 620 WTMJ, our sister station, is at spring training in Arizona. So we will hear how things are going with the crew coming up next. Before that, however, Tosh is going to tell you once again about Gina Della and Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and his second time through the March information that he will be sharing with you all month long. I expect... A big jump from read one to read two, much like we expect a big jump from year one to year two for the Packers wide receivers. Yeah, this is going to be heavy Diane Tauscher related, I think, this month. Mom is going to get a lot of play because I remember the old days, growing up on the farm. Windows we had. We had a saran wrap our windows. We didn't want all that cold air and all that money blowing into our house and having our heating bills get up and all that stuff. Don't be that way. Call Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin today. The beauty of getting new windows and doors from Pella is that they're able to customize to match your unique home decor. We had that old wood paneling back in the day mm, at our house. Sweet. The wood paneling with the saran wrap, and you know what we could have done? Pella could have come in here, boop, matched it right up with that beautiful wood paneling. No problem at all. They'll paint it. They'll stain it. They'll leave it bare. Whatever you decide looks best. And the beautiful part with all of the interest rates and inflation and everything costing so much, you can get Pella Windows and Doors at 0% financing for four years. That's an Olympiad. Certain restrictions do apply. This offer ends on March 31st. Visit PellaWI.com today. Greg Matzik joins us from Brewers Spring Training in Arizona next. It's Wilde and Tausch. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and sponsored by American Family Insurance. Jada, yeah. question for you. If you had the financial means, would you retire today? Say you had ten mil in the bank. You are good. Do you retire today or do you keep plugging? Um I'm gonna keep plugging, but I'm gonna take almost as many days off as you do. <laughs> You're staring me down. No, I just, no I just wonder. I would keep working. Jesse? I would 
keep working. We've said this before. I would keep working. Like we said, I think when we won the lottery, we had this cup come up. I would work on my own terms. I would say, this don't is, you already do that? Say, this you? is what I'm going to do. And if this isn't good, then I'll just do something else. That's fine. And that's what I would do. Okay. I would need something to keep me busy, but. I just, yeah. I got a couple of text messages over the break here. And every, uh, both folks that text me just said, it doesn't matter what you're doing or at what age. Retirement is always a tough decision. And I thought, you know what? Everybody thinks because football or athletes or actors or whatever it would be, they make a lot of money. It doesn't mean that it's easier. I mean, it's obviously easier to retire because you don't have to worry about the financial component as sure. much. But it's still that identification of what you right. do because when you're out and about, and it's, oh, what are you doing? Oh, it, there is some value and self-worth that comes from that. Even though it's not healthy, it is part of life. And the value of doing something, that's the part that I think Aaron is struggling with, trying to figure out what he would be doing that could be as impactful as what he's doing now. And it's really hard to find a, a way to get to, I have plenty of things that I can do that will impact. Even though you think you do, I don't know if you do. Yeah, I, and, and look, I don't want to speak about your financial situation or your weights uh, or anything else private about you. But I would say this. Uh, I do this show, and I am lucky that my job of writing and talking about sports does not feel like work most days. I'm lucky that way. Like, mm-hmm. I have to pay the mortgage. I have to pay our car payment. Those are things, you know, ballet costs, gymnastics, ba- well, all that stuff. But I don't do this just so I could get paid. Like, if you work at, say, I don't know, a Pick a job that's not Schwann's. very fun. Well, Schwan's job would be well, that fun. Seems you get, like fun. You get a lot I, of laughs. I was going to say stuff. at the slaughterhouse where they take the 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 cows that I drive by. Um, maybe that's not quite as much fun. So maybe you look forward to retirement. So you don't. Have to I do, do wonder that how many people would just up and retire though, and actually do it. Because let me tell you something, it's liberating and free for a little bit, and then it gets really old. Yeah. You can only play so much golf and shuffleboard and mahjong and all the other stuff that retired people do. And then you decide to do Wilde and Tausch, and you get stuck with me. Uh, in the wise words of John Kerry, who only retired from the MAC Fund, did not retire from working on behalf of great causes, work as long as you can if you are lucky enough to enjoy it. That's a great point. Words to live by. Let's get to Greg Matzik. He is live in Arizona. He's working. He's grinding like you grinded in Arizona during the WM Phoenix Open. Greg, good morning. How are things at spring training? Uh, it, it, please take this in the right context. It's cold. <laughs> like it's, not, it's not Wisconsin cold. Like quarter zip but, or jacket cold? Yeah, it, I have worn jeans every day and... I've had a quarter zip on every day because it's been about 36 in the morning when I've woken up. Uh, it is up to 55 right now. I don't think it's going to get much warmer. And there is a lot of clouds moving in. So they actually moved up today's brewery game. They, they moved it up by an hour because they fear that rain will be pouring in in the afternoon. And I don't know, rain in Arizona, the desert, people don't really know what to do with it here. So everybody kind of freaks out. So they're trying to get a game in before the rain pours in. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you for your service, Greg. It's 60 degrees. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I got it. Yeah. So one of the questions I have, and it's obviously we've been inundated with the Rogers stuff, and we are still going to keep talking Rogers, but one of the things I saw over the weekend and the clock, we don't do a great job with the clock on this show. Hey. We, we don't. We blow through that 15 seconds like you wouldn't believe. How has that been received? I love it. I think it brings urgency. It's going to shorten games by 20 to 25 minutes is what the analytics have shown. How are the how are the Brewers that you've talked to about it, how are they responding both from a pitcher and a hitter standpoint? So, so two different components, I think. Actually, I, I'd say three different components. Number one is a starting pitcher. They don't seem to have any issue with it. Relief pitchers, they might have a little more of an issue with it because you get to those points in a game, it's, you know, it's a one-run game, it's the eighth inning, you're trying to preserve the lead, there's a guy on first and second. You need to do everything you can to control that situation um, and, and, and try and find the best outcome for your team. So it just I, I, historically, relievers just take a little more time, especially high-leverage situations. So Devin Williams is actually going to start today. He is the Brewers' closer, but he's going to throw one inning as a starter today. He is the most methodical of all of the Brewers' pitchers, and they've actually worked with him in side sessions to try and speed up his process in getting to the mound and actually delivering a pitch. He is the one guy that I think you have to watch. Now, the other component is if you're on base. Right now there's a limit in how many pickoff attempts you can have with that one guy on first base. So you're going to see stolen bases like mad. Maybe not the, the Vince Coleman era, if you want to go back to me, Wildey, and Tausch's age of watching baseball in the, in the late 80s. But you're going to see a big uptick, I think, in stolen bases. So there's going to be more excitement, I think, built in the game. And, yes, games will be faster. Yesterday's game at Maryville was two hours and 11 minutes, and it was 6-3. to three. That's fantastic. Uh, first of all, when I think of stolen bases, I think of Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Secondly, Vinny. Oh, Vinny, though, too, with the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Yeah. And then I think of Willie Mays Hayes with his gloves that he has hanging on the wall in Major League. Uh, so, Greg, I don't know how long you've been in Arizona, but have you talked to a lot of the pitchers about this, and what kind of feedback have you gotten from them? So, yeah, a couple of things I think are, are interesting. You know, Wade Miley is a quick worker. No issue. I, I brought it up, and he's like, yeah, fine with me, whatever. <laughs> Let's do it. Brandon Woodruff, no big issue. Same with Corbin Burns. I think the starters are fine. Today's going to be a little bit of an experiment, I think, with Devin Williams. We'll get to watch that. The other thing they're experimenting with, and they started this last year. So catchers had the ability to call signals without putting their fingers down, right? So they were worried about sign stealing and all that stuff. So there was like a little, a, a little mechanism that a catcher could press to relay to the pitcher, here's what I want you to throw. Well, Zach Greinke on the mound the other day for the Royals, and Craig Council noticed this, he, was, he had his own little meter. So he was calling his own pitches. And, and the weird thing is that Greinke, it's kind of an odd bird, he was actually shaking his head. He was, he was shaking off his own signal. It was very strange to watch him on the mound. He would call for a fastball, and then he'd shake himself off, and then he'd deliver his pitch. So there's experimentation going on in a variety of ways. Pitchers calling their own pitches, catchers calling the pitches for the pitcher using a little buzzer. You've got the, the pitch clock mechanism, which is right there. I mean, it is easy for every pitcher to see. And all the beeps and buzzers going off in the press box by the person controlling it. 
it's strange, man. It's different. It's unique. But I do think baseball is going to get what they want out of it. So you mentioned that you talked to Corbin Burns, and he said it didn't bother him. Um, does it still bother him the way arbitration played out? I, Corbin is not his usual kind of jovial, engaging self. I, I find him to be a very easy person to talk to, and I feel like he's bothered in my honest assessment, and, and Jason, you know this, sometimes you, you try and get small talk going and it, it might lead into a, a longer interview. Maybe you go into the clubhouse or locker room and say, hey, can I grab you in a couple of days and maybe just kind of shoot the bull for a little bit. I, I, Corbin seemed less interested in, in just sort of the chit-chatty conversation that I'm used to having with him. Um, and I, I don't think it's just me. I've, I've kind of noticed that throughout my few days here. Um, yes, I, I think he's he's bothered by the way he feels he's been treated by the organization. Uh, we didn't get into a deep discussion about it. We did talk about smoking on the grill and grilling tips. Um, but even then, I felt like he was a little more guarded, a little more backed off than he usually is. Maybe he's just protective of his secrets to a good brisket. Well, that's a good point. Uh, I, I did try a brisket the other day with Jeff Lever. We had a good time together. It was about 18 hours of a cook, and, man, it... it it took a little babysitting. It's not easy. Yeah, briskets, are, that's not easy. Can, can you smoke when there's snow coming on it? Because I wanted to smoke a brisket the other day when there was a, a snow day. And all girls like, no, we can't do it because you don't want any snow moisture uh, to be hitting the smoker as it's going. Is that is that what you've learned over your years of smoking a bunch of meat? Well, is, is your, are your walls insulated? If that's the case, and uh, the snow hitting the, the drum. No, we do it outside. We don't do it in the well, No, I, I I get that, but okay. it's not. It, you you've got a lid, right? Yeah. Okay, so it, is it insulated? Like, do you feel yeah, like? Yeah, but it's you gotta hold its you gotta baby it. You gotta take it out. You gotta you know put it out. You got make it's it not, chewy. You don't just leave it sit there for the whole time. You gotta you like you just said. You gotta baby it. You don't just throw your baby in a crib and say, "All right, great." You gotta you gotta go feed it. You gotta nurture it. You gotta change it. Wait, are we still talking about meat? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you get my Took an odd turn. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly! Uh, Wildy, I was thinking about you because I, I don't know if you ever, I don't think you've ever covered a spring training. Am I, am I accurate in saying that? No, I've covered about four or five of them. You have? Okay. Uh, then, then you will appreciate this. I mean, th- this is the time. It's like Packers training camp. This is the time where you gather the stories the best shape of your life stories are things that are going to happen. But there's a guy, Abraham Toro, who speaks four languages. Owen Miller grew up in Fredonia, and his lifelong dream is to hear Bob Euchre call his name in a home run call. And now he's playing infield and kind of a utility guy for the Brewers. Mike Brasso helped a, a couple with their young son traveling from Hudson, Wisconsin, with their baby gender reveal a few days ago. I put a story up on WTMJ.com about it. But the stories that come out of spring training, when guys are relaxed and just easy to talk to, it, it, it's different than when you get into the regular season. I know, Jason, it's something you really appreciate about training camp, but, but unlocking these stories, to find out that Devin Williams is a, it's suddenly a world traveler and spending a lot of his offseason in Europe, it's just fascinating to me. That, that's part of the fun, I think, in covering spring training. Where, where's yeah. Devin's favorite spot? Uh, where, where does he recommend going over in Europe? Amsterdam. So he's, he's, <laughs> a, he seems to be a big fan of Italy. Uh, we did not get to Amsterdam, but but now it's like he's got the itch. He, he wants to kind of go all over. Uh, but he was a big fan of a trip he took to Italy in the offseason. 
My three most memorable spring training moments. Number three, Ben Sheets finding out that I covered the NFL and peppering me with fantasy football questions, which I don't think I was very helpful. Number two, Jeff Juden telling me to get the hell away from his locker when I was just standing there for no... I I wasn't even going to talk to Jeff Juden. He was a jerk. What are you standing in front of his locker for? I wasn't even standing in front of his locker. Like, I was 10 feet in front of where he would have been dressing. And number one, I spent a half hour after Robin Yount retired and was working as kind of this roving hitting instructor talking about his retirement and everything that we've been talking about transitioning to what comes next. It was one of my all-time favorite. I mean, getting to talk to my childhood hero and him talking to me like just one of the beat writers, even though I didn't cover the team every day like a lot of them did. He was awesome. That was great. Uh, Speaking of awesome, it's awesome that you went to Arizona and it's 55 degrees. I'm enjoying that. I'm sorry. I don't mean to revel in your chilliness, Greg, but enjoy your time there. Bring us back lots more good stories, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. I am currently, just to set the stage, two miles from Tempe Diablo Stadium. I did not have good service, so I drove. I'm currently doing this interview in a jack-in-the-box parking lot. And in the words of Mark Tauscher, thank you for your service. That is Greg Matzik from WTMJ 620, our sister station. He is at Brewers Spring Training. Brewers, of course, flagship is 620 WTMJ. Uh, we will shift gears back. I'm sure Jesse has some non-Brewers items for his Woe Nelly, which is next. It's Wilde and Tausch. This is Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. Thanks again to Greg Matzik for his service from a jack-in-the-box parking lot in Phoenix. He is at spring training. You can check out his work on social media channels and on 620 WTMJ's website. Time now for Wonelli. If the topic is good, the guys discuss. Just the other morning I had breakfast at Trace Sirocco's house. His mama brought out 15 flapjacks. He said, Mama, take back five of them flapjacks. I gotta stay hungry for the Crimson Tide. But if it's not, the show must go on. It's time for Whoa Nelly! On Wildey and Tausch. Guess what, guys? I got more Aaron Rodgers from the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Oh boy. Yeah. First step. So a lot of people, uh, and you know, I monitor the ESPN Wisconsin talking text line back here. Indeed Facebook got a lot mm-hmm. of people that have chimed in as we've had our conversations over the last two months now. That have said he's under contract with the Packers. Just make him play. Well, Rogers addressed that, based on his decision this off season, he is under contract with the Packers. And here's what he said a little bit about that as part of the first steps of his decision and also you know like yeah i'm under contract with the packers for sure so if i decide uh to play like uh 
first is a conversation with them. You know, mm -hmm. where are you guys at? Like, honestly, like, um, I've been there 18 years and, and I have so much love for Green Bay and the organization. I mean, 18 years, that's a teenager. Mm -hmm. But like, the second last year of being a teenager, you know, that's, yeah. Think about how you felt at 18 and all the lessons you learned and driving and dating women and mm -hmm. finishing high school and just, you know, that's what I did in one city, playing there. Um, and learn. You know, I got there, I was 21 years old. You know, now I have, you know, gray hair and gray on my beard and uh, started 15 seasons and uh, know the city inside and out and my favorite places and, and a ton of people outside the facility who are, I, I call friends. And I think Rogers is genuine when he talks about his love for Green Bay and for Wisconsin. And I, I, I thought this was one of the more personable moments from what I've heard from the conversation. What do you think? No, I don't, nobody is questioning the fact. I think he appreciates his time in Green Bay. He's been great. He's given a lot. 18 years is, a, as he just mentioned, a long, long time. And, of course, he has he has great relationships with Flea and a lot of the people that have been there that entire 18 years with him. Mason. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think he appreciates and love, but... He's evolving. He's changing. He's different. And that's what we're talking about here. No, I don't think anybody questions the fact that he appreciates his time in Green Bay. Jason, do you, never once did that ever cross my mind that he hasn't appreciated the 18 years that he's been up there. Yeah, he's just not sure if he wants to do a 19th. Yeah, and he and you know what? I get it. I don't agree. I mean, you signed that contract and you committed June 7th. I don't know how many days ago that was. With the old calendar, it it's it feels like eternity. It's four months. It feels like an eternity. So much has happened since the time he proclaimed he's going to finish his career in Green Bay. I have not heard him say that in a long time. Um, I guess the question that I have, though, is if because we've spent a lot of time of late. Correct me if I'm wrong. Looking at when. This comes to fruition, it's going to be kind of Goody's perspective on it, right? That's what we've been talking about for a while, right? Guardrails, etc. What exactly does he need to hear to make him want to stay, as opposed to the possibility that we could get to the end of this and they might be just stuck with each other? That's the thing that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be Aaron having to do some things that he maybe doesn't want to do. Correct. And is that but he's what he has to realize in that is that he's going to have to do those things wherever he goes if he decides to play. Agreed. He knows the sacrifices it takes to play an NFL season. He's well aware of it. That's probably why he's pondering as much as he is because it ain't easy. It's hard. It takes great sacrifice physically mentally, emotionally, all of it, you have to. And you you have to be willing to pay that price. And at some point, you don't want to. Maybe that's where he is. Maybe we're misreading that. I don't think I am, though. 267 days ago was June 7th. 
FYI. Whoa, Nelly. Whoa, Nelly! Last one today is National Peanut Butter Lover's Day. Are you a lover of peanut butter, Tausch? Uh, I don't think. How does anybody not like peanut butter? I didn't ask if you like Somebody peanut asked. butter. If I'm passing you the note in class, I'm not saying, do you like peanut butter? I'm saying, do you love peanut butter? I do. Picturing Jesse ha- passing notes in class. I, lo- I love Am I the only one? I, I love peanut butter. Uh, fun fact. When we were doing the work with Feeding America down in southeastern Wisconsin, the number one asked for item. So if you're ever interested in donating to food pantries, peanut butter is the number one thing to donate. Really? Yes. Oh. Does jelly rank second or is it further down the list? Further down the list. I, I like I like peanut butter a lot. I'm not ready to make the commitment of saying that I love it. Uh, what, uh, what's holding you back? Um, fear of commitment. Uh, Tausch, on the other hand, big commitment to his love for Coors Light. Coors Light brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lager, cold filtered, and it is cold packaged, so it is made to chill. Went to a concert last night. Uh, Bob Wire. Not barbed wire. Bob Weir. Weir. Bob Weir. I call him Wire. You can call him Weir. I've heard it both heard ways. It, heard it both ways. Over at the uh, Sylvie right here next to our uh, studio. Oh, nice. Did yeah. you sleep over? Is that why you're here today? Yeah. Grateful I dead. Over. I just jumped in, came into work, grinded like I always do. And then when I grind, I need to chill. That's why it is Coors Light in my hand. The mountains need to be blue, though, and they were last night, and they will be again today. That's why it is always Coors Light in my hand when I need a moment to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company. Golden, Colorado. Our poll question from yesterday has now closed. 2,861 votes. I'll tell you how it turned out, along with Bob Weir and the Grateful Dead. To wrap things up next, it's Wildey and Tausch. You're listening to Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Missed any of the show? Find us on Wisconsin On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. It's free, it's everywhere, and it's for you. Before we say goodbye, what did we learn today? What did we learn today? Uh, We learned Schwann's ice cream sandwiches. That a cookie witch can be an ice cream sandwich, but an ice cream sandwich is not a cookie witch. I am going to start asking this question after every show, and I'm going to quiz you guys. After every show or at the final? This last segment. I'd what? rather you asked after every show, after I've hung up. What did we learn today? What did you learn today? I learned that I think Aaron Rodgers is contemplating retirement more than maybe we think. But you still don't think he's no, going to retire. I, I don't. So what are we so doing So did you here? really learn anything? Yeah. No, I, I did learn that I think he is trying to come to grips with the fact that he can retire. He's trying to convince himself that he can understanding the big picture, and he knows that he shouldn't. And that's why he is torn. Well, for 72.8% of you, you'd be fine with that because you are ready for the Jordan Love era to begin. In March. 17% of you would like the Packers to have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback with guardrails. In March. 10.2% of you want unfettered Rodgers. What are you doing in September and October when the ball gets snapped? 
I'd love to discuss this further, but I need to contemplate what I learned from today's show. Hope you enjoyed it, whether you learned anything or not. Have a great day. Take care. Be good.